Everyone, we wanted to take a quick moment to thank all the listeners, the viewers, and of course the patrons out there. The team here at Vector Sigma hopes that we can bring a little levity and a distraction from the weight of the real world. Time is always precious, but that has become even more obvious now. We want to say that we really do appreciate everyone out there that's spending their time with us. Welcome back, everyone, to Tech Talk, the officially unofficial Transformers TCG podcast. I'm joined, as always, by Scott of VectorSigma.info, but if you're paying close attention on video specifically, you're going to notice up in the corner over there that we have another interview, but this time we have a different special guest, and that is Matt from the Wizards of the Coast team. How are you doing, Matt? Hi, Vince. Hi. I'm Matt. I'm Wizards of the Coast. Uh, I'm also a game designer, and uh, I'm specifically a game designer and the creative lead for the Transformers Trading Card. So creative lead is actually something that I wanted to ask you about at the very beginning, because Scott and I, as we were trying to organize, okay, well, we're going to have Matt on. We've talked to him before, but not you know, one-on-one in an interview. Obviously, we've, we've been, had the opportunity to speak with you at a number of events up to this point, but what... For people that may not be aware, can you? What's the Reader's Digest version of Creative Lead? Is, is it is it the lore guy? <laughs> is that accurate? Uh, I think that's probably often the case, uh, okay. and that's certainly a uh, function of mine. Um, so, like, I do a lot of um, collaboration with the Reader Transformers team, Hasbro Wise, on the creative aspects, which involve things like games. Uh, characters, you know, word choices, stuff like that. Uh, you know, like I assisted in script writing for some of the videos. You might be surprised the amount of uh, roles involved with that. You know, how Optimus talks. Supposed to. He does have a know. particular speech pattern, I have to say. <laughs> exactly. Um, as in a literal sense, as to what it usually translate to translates to for this game. I generally I name ninety cards. I um, art description. Choose art for most of them, though. Uh, Shanna did a lot of that as well. Okay. Um, this this set. Sorry. And then also she did a good amount for uh, set four. Before we brought her on, um, I did pretty much all of that. Like if you look in the first couple sets, right? We use IDW art. Pick right. That was on the card. I also usually choose next go and what characters we plan to use in a set. Okay, cool. I to follow up on it, and I don't want to stray too far from the list that we had sent you, but it kind of segues into some of the questions we wanted to ask about the background for Titan Masters Attack, whether it's the Titan Masters themselves or the the other parts of the set, I'll call it so, the the way the combiners shape up, the stratagems, etc. But how far in advance is that? It, you say you, you chose the characters going in. Obviously, someone has to. But how far out is that before? It, it, or is it just, okay, you're, 
I know there are two patterns, you know, you're designing the card, then you find a character to go with it versus a character and then build the card from there. But did you pick or do you typically pick these things way out? Um, not entirely because if I were, if I were doing that, I would be doing that while I'm to be working on set mm-hmm. um, because that length of how long that goes, like with development and all that stuff. Um, that can go a while and can be difficult to do t- at the same time. You still do, do crossover. I'm still working on Master's Attack while changing numbers there in H2. Uh, largely, largely, that is happening, picking the characters around the same time that we're doing actual design. Cool. It means that... Uh, it gives a little direction, so like, you can use the things that I've already decided on that front designs, and then designs that are happening and inspire some of the choices. That all sounds real interesting, Matt. About how the you actually decide the characters and the the relationship between how it f- correlates to the actual design and vice versa, but. I guess that kind of segues, like I was saying earlier, into the more nitty-gritty questions that we had. And let me kick it to Scott, since I've been talking a lot over the last few days in real life, and my throat is killing me. Uh, Scott, you had a bunch of questions all over the place, but did you want to dive into the PIP questions, or where did you want to start? I just want to ask one more general question up front, if I can. Matt, what's your what's your background like with card gaming and gaming in general, like, and how you got a job and all that? I mean... Besides, I applied and I got it. Like, what's your background in terms of that? <laughs> For sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, let's see. I played a lot of games. <laughs> I would. Uh, it seems like a good prerequisite. <laughs> competitive uh, one versus one games are like my bread and butter uh, since I was a teenager. Play a lot of uh, fighting games. I've played a lot of trading card games. Um. I started trading card games with Pokemon as a kid. I played the Animal Z CCG. I played Magic for a long time. And then I leveled up as I got a little older and then played pretty much exclusively Magic and all the other games on the side. Um, I will say that uh, I have a giant section uh, of the original L5R stuff. I haven't played hmm. much of that. That's one one of the ones I that's kind of a spot for me. Palmer's uh, ears perked up across the <laughs> the internet. There. <laughs> uh, aside from that, um, you know, doing uh, organizing events, sorts of stuff like that. I uh, I'm from Iowa, Midwest, and uh, at at some point, I just kind of decided that I was going to a job at Wizards. I got a job in the WPN section. Okay. And, then, and this was nine years ago. And I've just been kind of bouncing around doing other things since then, doing all sorts of other things along the way. Nice. So a man well-traveled within the, the gaming sphere, I guess. Awesome. Uh, so let me leave it with you, Scott, from there. Any follow-up on that, or did you want to move into the, the next portion? No, I mean, I mean, I'm always fascinated as to how people work in the industry and all that. But of course, that's not really that's not really why we're here. So uh, we'll get into that <laughs> at another time. Right, right. 
So in that case, so one of the things that Scott and I had overlapped on was PIP focus within recent sets, we'll say it. Uh, In Titan Masters Attack, I mean, it's very obvious with certain characters. We're obviously talking about the horribles of the world and then following it up with the battle cards that seem to be black black pips are getting pushed, we'll say. Uh, And maybe that terminology isn't necessarily appropriate. It's just the first thing that came to mind. As compared to, say, I don't want to say decreasing value, but decreasing power level on green pip cards in more recent sets compared to where they started out with in Wave 2. And Scott, feel free to cut in and and fill this out because I think this was more from your vein. But is that a conscious decision within this set compared to going forward? Is it a conscious decision? Obviously, I'm sure some whiteboard somewhere in your offices has something along those lines because that's the way the sets seem to be bearing out. But it, what's the, the greater plan within that concept? I'd say it's a good question. I would say that uh, Black Icon is not a focus of Titan Masters Attack. Hmm. It is a uh, focus of the game. Not, that's not to say that there aren't powerful black icon cards in Titan Masters. Oh, just uh, right. Not part of one of the themes. Um, there are the intended themes. Black icon is an icon that we want to be close to par with blue and orange um, because the binary blue and orange, if isn't enough, it needs to be blue, orange, and black. Gotcha. Um, so we're just going to keep pushing it until that's the case. Mm-hmm. The black icon is kind of an interesting icon. It's one, one, uh, it's kind of complicated. You know, that Pierce is amongst the most complicated kind of keywords in the game. Um, it's one of those things that you game needs to the point where it's like, you just have to learn it. Mm-hmm. Uh, black battle icon in the game right now is in blue and orange. Um, it's not, inherent the icon itself it's just as a result of what content exists in the game um like for example if all the characters in the game had like an average attack of two uh, average defense of five then suddenly the black icon would be way head and shoulders above the blue and orange of course right yep you know with what we have right now that's not the case the black icon is behind the blue and orange icon that's actually Fine, because it just means we get to be a little bit more liberal on the strength of the effects on the cards. Actually, like that gotcha. gives us a bit more opportunity where we might come up with some numbers on a card. Oh, this is too much for orange or something. We're like, maybe it could fit into with a black eye. Gotcha. And it's correct me if I'm wrong, and this is something that I've mentioned on multiple tech talks and to other people in various offline conversations. That is the when introducing or pushing these sort of mechanics, is it intended that their debut? And this kind of segues into a later question, so we'll circle back to it as well. But in the debut of these things, is the intent actively to start with a a lower bar because it then you could always buff them up later as opposed to, well, the horses are out of the barn, it's too late sort of thing. The reason I say that is obviously the black pips that we saw, the majority of them, were on cards 
say back in the earlier waves to to your point that the card text themselves wasn't quite as strong as what we're seeing from wave five which is awesome but it's definitely a departure i mean yeah you you would be right in saying that okay and is that uh debut the debut of something is more about learning it and seeing if you like it than it is about us being like and now you really want to play it right right um sometimes obviously want you to play it but we want you to play it for all the kind of the other reasons strength. Mm-hmm. we can all change the strength later and it's harder to change the other reasons um as much as as it is the strength additionally um i would say that some of the stuff we just don't know how difficult it can be to learn necessarily so mm-hmm. um just be on simpler simpler things um, until we know that everybody's kind of got it down. Gotcha. And the other thing is that, um, and I know that I've mentioned this in articles in the past, mm. and uh, as too, is that I try to preserve design space to some degree. Of course. And then part of that is because it can be tough with a game that doesn't have like a costing mechanic. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of cards. That's why you can probably tell, you know, like, I have battle cards in a set than a lot of TC generally have for an equivalent type of card in their, their sets. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of put as many as we think we need and as many as we think will you know evolve the game. Like if we were to make a really long card, it just means that there's a bunch of cards under it that we never would have got to make. Like if I make a card that's black icon and it does damage right um you i could see somebody playing that but if i made a card with a black icon that does two damage to a tapped character i can then make the one that does two damage to an untapped character and i can then later make the one that does just two damage or damage to a tapped character like i could just make so many more cards right it preserves that wiggle room going down the road yeah Makes sense. Yeah, and you've definitely... We're, we're conservative oh, in that way sometimes. Well, it, it definitely makes sense. I mean, it, as you pointed out, it's definitely been stated it, by the team on multiple occasions, and it's something that I can definitely get behind. And you, you hear the phrase design space a lot when these sort of things come up, so... Yeah, and, on, and I guess me specifically, I harp on people a little bit um, saying that I say, what is the lowest... Like form of this card, the weakest form of this card that somebody will want to play. That, and we don't mean everybody will want to play. We just like, good amount of people. Like, some people will want to play. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it was really just one person. Then, <laughs> right. It's it. That's a funny. Example, oh, go ahead. Sorry. In the very first Z- set, there's Zap. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I was, I was playing Zap in deck all the time in in the first set first set only and then some of the second set i would say um because i were really in my deck i could think of reasons they would come up felt about playing it but that card originally had you know or going on it became just that simplest version gotcha yeah it's an interesting way what i was going to say a moment ago is it's an interesting way to to look at the design process of well, exactly what you stated, where what is the, I guess, the base level 
that you can make it without turning somebody off to say, no, I'm going to move on to the next card to keep it enticing enough to encourage people to sleeve it up, but then not just cut, cut off the well so that you, you just can't go any farther down that path healthily. Obviously you could go down that path if you, you know, just bring All right, I'm just going to do 10 damage and blow up that guy. Like (laughs) (laughs) maybe you could do it. Probably not going to end up very well for anybody. (laughs) And you know, the nature of trading card games is that, any given game is playing with like a small percentage of the cards available anyhow. Of course. You know that that's true, so I know that every card is going to be played. Mm-hmm. Like I said, like, you know, I'll just say it again, is that like I just try to find the simplest or at least the lowest form of it, and then I have to, as somebody who's played a lot of these games, it's for me to recognize when and I feel like I at least feel like it's fair. Like, like it's like okay, this is a card I could see figuring out reason to play. Gotcha, makes sense. So, Scott, I kind of hijacked your your question there because, like I said, we we overlapped a lot on that portion. Is there anything else you wanted to to go down that path? Well, it brings up something I was thinking about, which is in a game that currently is absence of rotation as part of the, at least, because, I mean, that's something I know that's in the design space of other Wizards games, like, especially Magic. It's it's purposely on the forefront of some of the ideas there. Like, it seems like in Transformers, there's, I, I don't want to call it power creep, but it seems like the, every time a new set comes out, like, obviously, you you really push the envelope in terms of, like, how how much you want the new character abilities or, 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 or themes of the set to really be played? Like, is that... How conscious is it? Like, it almost seems in a way like the new set very much replaces a lot of what was there before it um, in certain ways. I just didn't know, like, how you guys think about that or, or if that's conscious or, or subconscious and just happens to be the way things bear out or if, if it's just not the way that like if we're doing it wrong or like just what do you guys think about that at all? Sure, yeah. Um yes. The first thing I would say is that like anybody who works wizards is at least if not fully there is is like mostly bought into the idea of rotations in trading card games, right? <laughs> <laughs> kind of, there was kind of a precedent not. set at some point. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if who did that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least in my opinion, uh, but it uh, also just it depends on the game and mm-hmm. of the game. I would say that it's an interesting question, and I I would I would be fine calling it power creep to a degree. Okay. okay. Um, I would say that most of the cards I play are still from the first set. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of them, not necessarily all the characters, but a lot of the battle cards. Um, yeah, I would agree. I would agree on the battle card one as well. Yeah, right. In the second, might probably went shied away from power creep hard. Um, we didn't want we didn't want that stuff to just replace the first stuff. Mm-hmm. One based stuff, and I I think that. No, I mean there are cards that are playable. There are a lot of cards in the second set still, and unfortunately, one of them had to be banned. Yeah. Um, 
probably went a little further with the set to some degree merely because it's actually a reflection of something else rather than um, just regular power creep. Of a reflection of like the first set where we knew exactly how people were playing the game. Okay. And we wanted more so to give them what they wanted um, other than the theory of what we thought was cool in the same way. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Obviously, there are a lot of thematic things that are cool and stuff like that that we had planned out. But when it comes to when we're making, you know, the first few sets, we have ideas about what we think is fun to play, what sort of card we think is fun, and what sort of card might get played. But then, you know, when it come a little bit later, that's all kind of in the dark, in the hole that we made. And then a little bit later, get an influx of of feedback and opinions that we didn't have before. And then I think a lot of people, a lot of the design or, or the designers more like they wanted to satisfy some of the, the desires that the player base had then. Interesting. Okay. okay. That makes sense. And, and so um, some cards might seem more powerful or some cards might be more powerful because we want to encourage them to do the thing they like or a thing that we thought better um, wasn't, and we could push it a little bit harder. Like, like this is an example. Um, in the first set, it was pretty... I, I kind of let everybody know in the design, I was like, I feel like card drawing is a, is a good well for us to go to. We can make a large variety of it, and it's not that strong in the game. Mm. Um, depending on how you do it like a, a card like example pep talk tried to get in the first set but we didn't at first and i was like i'm pretty sure this card is is fine in this right designer that ken and and scott art you know they were just like just shouldn't do it yet right like there are there are these reasons but this sort of thing historically is extremely scary and it's like yes i agree with that so he kind of waited on that uh he make better drawing effects later on after we've confirmed that makes sense we, we, we play tested and all that there's a certain amount of um, unknowable things that you have to be careful to prevent before it ever happens very very cautious very iterative approach which i can appreciate uh, i would say uh, it's not a design team. Uh, we've we've had a lot of people in the building um, contribute. Mm. But when putting all the pieces together, it's a pretty small team, and as a result, um, some of us probably have a lot more influence than like a different game might have. Gotcha. <laughs> so, which might <laughs> uh, be more apparent. Makes sense. I. Uh so you'd mentioned a few different interesting things there, but I don't want to keep stepping on Scott's toes. So I'll, I'll keep kicking it back to him to make sure I'm not uh, <laughs> ignoring his opportunity to ask questions. So go, take it away, Scott. No, no, no. I mean, that, for the beginning, that was fine before. I mean, some of the, some of the general stuff, I mean, before we got into the specifics around tight master attack, those are things that those, those are some of the things I was um, curious about. The only, the only thing like that we kind of left out was just, um, and I guess this is kind of about the set is just, 
there does seem to be like a a lot of the playable green cards seem to be just either like mostly single green or or I guess green black, but the green black seems to be covered by the um, you saying that you we, you guys want the color to be uh, way more playable, but it just seems like I guess yeah, it's almost coming at it the other way that it, the yeah. green is supplementing the black pip as opposed to the opposite. Yeah, or, so yeah. I yeah, so I guess um, it just, I I just wasn't sure if you guys felt like the the number like the the power of the green pip has obviously shown its use, and if like the, you've kind of shied away from having too many colored ones because of just how powerful that ability changes the, you know, it just makes the game so much more consistent, I think, than like what may have been intended off the outset. I was just curious if that was, you know, purposeful or not. Yeah, I would say that um, that definitely is in icon is like difficult to design for actually in this game. Um, and as a result, you have to be like very disciplined with it because mm-hmm. a lot of the design work be kind of a trap. Like, it's very easy to like design a card you really like, then you just add a green icon to it because you want. To draw it. <laughs> I want it every game because I like it. <laughs> right. Like it's it's super easy. Like and. All human, like people have favorites and stuff, even when they're designing the game as objective as they're trying to be. Like, there's blind spots, and that's why it has to be a team of multiple people, right? Um, so you have to be really careful with that. Uh, I would say that when of the most complained about cards, green icons or or two color icons, green and orange, right? Bashing shield and uh, press the advantage Mm -hmm. or the most complained about cards um, after they came out. And, you know, people, I think, um, but, like, we, we understood that it was kind of a pain point, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that also when uh, when we were doing design for um, set three and set four for the Micromasters, we decided to do Micromasters have, like, these those and discard abilities just to give them variety mm-hmm. um, a little bit of identity um i think that uh i remember ken making green ones um there was a point where just like just looking at them and we're like these abilities are too good because put green on too many things like mm-hmm. it's a trade-off um example like there's the one that can give you it gives you bold five. Right? Is that what that one? Oh, the bold three or bold yeah. six guy. Yeah. There was a point where it was higher, and I think the bot might have had better stats or something. It was like the problem is there's just too many green orange cards. <laughs> anything that matters, especially since weakness of the card text doesn't matter because I don't plan on playing the cards. I plan on discarding them. Right. right. Um, so. And when that happened, it was kind of like, oh, okay, there's kind of, there's, it's just a reminder of the different wells we might go to. Right. And either might be a problem if we do this too often. Like, for example, again, with that different icons, you know, the number of different icons when you attack or defend, um, or even things that are trying to find cards that have two icons or more. It's like, it's a, 
it is a intended consequence sometimes that a card falls into those parameters because you just wanted to you wanted to add a green to it, but you didn't want it to necessarily into these other criteria. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. The green the green icon's tough. Um, if we get the uh, the black, blue, and orange are, are are on par, then green is fine. Being more of a support thing, it doesn't necessarily need to contend in the same way. It's fine being more like uh, white as the of a support icon. Gotcha. That's definitely an interesting take on on there, and definitely informs a lot of what we've been seeing. So I can appreciate that. Uh, I was gonna lean into a fluffier question since we had the uh, the crunchy one there but it's actually one of scott's so i'm gonna steal another one of his questions and it's funny because when he sent me that i'm like man i i don't know why i thought i didn't think of that and so scott and i as we were going through spoiler season through the various (laughs) uh marathon tech talk sessions um we were making a lot of predictions along the way. It's like, oh, well, we must be getting this sort of card as we hit by the time we get the end of the set, or we're going to get that card or something with this sort of effect, you know, some hodgepodge of these various things. But some of the things that ended up not appearing in the set were direct beast. Now that we've gotten a lot of, of beast characters and I guess a card that literally a battle card that specifically said, give your wreckers plus X or, you know, something that directly interacted with the record tag itself. Uh, and it got me thinking at the very least, and obviously Scott, since he had the question, uh, I've been calling them seed cards or, or things that where it's like seeds, the idea now. And then, you know, we got spaceship support a few waves in, not at the initial wave. Uh, was, I guess, why did those things end up on the cutting room floor? I'm assuming you're not going to tell us what the, what's in wave six and whether we're getting them or not. So, I would say, that, yeah, you're you're right that they are more uh, seedy like or like you know just like we were talking about with the debut thing. Uh, it's kind of like setting the stage. Um, it would when it comes to the beast record stuff. There's just better settings. Put emphasis on those things. Gotcha. Both of those tags uh, are just more interesting in a set that's not um, master-based. Gotcha. They're still interesting, so we still wanted to incorporate them, especially since a bunch of the Titan Masters happen to be... Right, right. Um, But that's not... It's more about them being a Titan Master than them being... It's also cool when you you can go back and a card has the definition of a card has kind of changed or what have you like its abilities were like everything's changed because of some new card so uh so like when a legacy well i call them legacy stuff that for example the stratagems i mean they call out very specifically but you know it calls yeah. back to a previous thing gotcha uh, Scott, did I properly represent your question since I've been uh, stealing all of yours so far? No, 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 that was, um, yeah, we, we just, you know, like we, we sat down and we were going to do a show about like things we thought were missing or, or whatever. But then when you agreed to come on, we just figured we would just pepper you with a bunch of these questions instead of having to come up with our own answers hypothetically yeah. to the questions. So, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, because a lot I of them mean, oh, and, and definitely depending on when those cards were spoiled, it, that gives kind of a different air about how how deep you expect to go in the set. Interesting. Okay, I know we had mentioned to my own disappointment with Spinister from previous sets with the spoiler, and then his surprise sabotage armament. So it it's interesting that the uh, the actual spoiler sequence bears some information as well. Oh, I, I'm sorry. It didn't. It's not intended to, but I mean the way you guys might interpret it. Right? Oh, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. The first okay. card I show you is a wrecker guy. <laughs> you're gonna be like, "Oh, this is the whole set, right?" I mean, <laughs> that thought did go through my head. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we did. Har- that was one of the cards that we had harped on. Was uh, oh, there must be a wrecker battle card. There must be a showing off for bodies uh, because that particular interaction is cut off, obviously on you know, escape routes and and those sort of effects for the most part. Uh, Rapid conversion being the only exception, I believe. Uh, so we were very much expecting a lot of these cards to show up. So it, I guess it calls back to our earlier discussion about seeing in these future sets how you can leave that design space open for something down the line. And when it comes to the body thing, it's kind of a, in some ways, to, at least from... From our perspective, it's kind of a benefit in that it just means that cards that normally wouldn't behave differently from other cards do. It's right. Only, you know, it's got an alt mode and then it's got something like a bot mode. And normal rules of the game, it's just going fine. It's all the same. But you run into a card that says specifically looking for a bot mode. And you're like, oh, so this card is just different from this one. Right. Other way. That tiny um, eureka that- moment. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, it's uh, it, something that I'm looking forward to the legacy cards in the future to come back here to explore some more of that room because I do like some of the ideas that are seated here to call back to what we were saying. Um, speaking of, I guess, retrofitting ideas, this was another one that Scott and I had overlapped on. I wanted to pick your brain about the combiners in their current iteration, since we were talking about wave two earlier as well, given strat- the existence that stratagems now exist, the fact that we haven't seen these five team combiners that are enigma based in a while, obviously there's been a number of iterations on the non enigma combining characters in, we had Dreadwing, we had sky tread. Now we have sky shadow, uh, can you talk a little bit about that or where the team sees combiners either in the game now versus how you want to do them in the future versus what you learned from the other iterations? Sure, yeah. Um, I would say that from... I'll, I'll, there have been a bunch of combiners that aren't based um, in the last couple sets. Combiner-esque yep. things, right? Um, we don't have a... I don't think we have any problem with Enigmas. It's just that the cards maybe aren't strong enough. Um, Like like I was saying about set two, we were pretty conservative on the power because we didn't want to have that whole power creep thing. And because we wanted them um, to sell themselves based on their uniqueness or like the cool factor um, rather than the, the strength. And part of that is because... Um, we know that if a bunch of five combiner teams will be good, then the complexity of the average game goes up a bit. 
Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Seven characters on the board. If there's a whole bunch of five part combiner teams that everybody wants to play, then becomes a lot closer to ten. Um, there, there's a lot more games that end up having ten, and I could say right now, people not really playing the number of games that have in total characters on the, on the battlefield are very, is a very small percentage of games. Right. Um. So that that was a a thing that we just always have to be shy of with those larger combiner teams. The other thing is they're like super prescriptive. Like, cool thing about yeah. the <laughs> Two bot combiners is that you can play it with other characters you like, and gotcha. there can be different decks. Mm. Um, can be harder to do that with the five bot. It's like you just can't usually add another character, <laughs> right? And uh, the other thing is, and so so you're like, I'm gonna play this team, and I I don't get to have any fun customizing this portion of the deck anymore. Gotcha. Now, we can have fun customizing the other parts of the deck. Um, but it's, it's just less so. So I try to be really careful with those. I wouldn't say, though, that we have a problem with Enigmas. I'm not trying to replace them with the other stuff. If if they're replaced, it's just because of creative reasons. Gotcha. Um, and the, um, you know, like, I would love to do, if anything, like, we just have a better idea of, like, how strength level some of those cards can be now. Um, like, for example, the, I remember when I, when we were coming up with Enigmas, um, really important because it'd be some variance in your combining, ability to combine. Right. Um, so the games weren't always going the same way. Um, so that's part of why we use the Enigmas. And then the other, we came up with it, then we added the, of extra effect that they give you after you combine. Mm-hmm. That's a really cool part or how those teams work. Maybe those cards just need to be stronger. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Like the card, uh, what's the Predaking one, right? It's a card and play a card. Yeah, mm-hmm. draw a card, play a card, and then you get other stuff later, yeah, obviously. You when you draw two cards or something. Like it could just be Gotcha. Powerful. Um, maybe maybe they just weren't good enough. But I think that that phase of the game is fun. Like mm-hmm. I've done this thing, and not only does that make my bot cool, it also means that I have more powerful cards in my deck now than really anything that you have. Right. Um, you know, it, it's just a balance. Gotcha. Yeah. The obviously combiners are also a a fan favorite. There's a number that I've been. Chopping at the bit, hoping that, okay, maybe this set is when Bruticus shows up. Maybe this set is when uh, certain other ones show up. And uh, I'm excited for their return. And I'm very curious about how you guys end up going about it, especially since, as you said, that there have been a lot of lessons learned since that first take on them. Yeah, we've, we've definitely learned lessons. Um, like on a physical standpoint, it, it's kind of tough to deal with the. Uh... Uh, three-sided cards, um, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. bringing them in packs, and also um, the concerns that consumers might have with them. Um, but uh, so that kind of makes them a little bit difficult to fit into things. Sometimes we also feel pretty strongly about team being kind of like all the same rarity most of the time. Mm-hmm. I want there to be 
pieces that are kind of like stranded gotcha. um, in the field of the game, right? Just like outside in the game. It's like, oh, guess what? There's only five of the, there's only five motor masters out here. So all <laughs> thousands of the other yeah, that, might as well not even exist. That'd be real uh, bad. <laughs> then that also just makes it kind of tough to fit them into the set. But absolutely. Yeah. It, combiners is, there's such an important part of uh, Transformers and such a cool part of Transformers that they can carry a set on their own. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's for sure. No, no pun intended with the big guys or anything like that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Scott, did you want to follow up with anything on the, the combiner front or whether it's even just going forward about Titan Master Stratagems, other themes from this set going forward? Uh, sort of. So, like, in your... In your position as lore guy or whatever, whatever title <laughs> we, want call, we want to call it, do you? My man you, has it. Show some respect. My man has a real. <laughs> come on. Do you find it more difficult to to design these these throwback sets, um, like from scratch, where you have like a almost like more of a blank slate than the than the sets that you guys have more? I guess I assume like more lockstep with the Hasbro side of things like do you find it like is it different is it just different or but it's like each one has its own challenges I guess oh yeah uh, that's interesting um I think that it's pretty equivalent like okay. I would say if we did a whole bunch of them in a row it would be it would be rougher because one of the things that kind of happens with them is there's ideas built up more prescriptive settings that they couldn't be used in those settings. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. That means you build up kind of like a little bank and then you do the other set and you're like, oh, here's all these ideas that we had and now we can use because we're uh, less specific. Um, I would say that uh, there are some things that are a little bit more difficult that, that like you can't get off of some stuff in the same way. What you know about... Uh, like Optimus, there's a whole bunch of Optimus. The cool thing about designing Optimus is like you get to look at all the other Optimuses when you do it. Mm -hmm. right? Like, oh, what do I want this one to do? Right. Um, how can I play off of this at all, or what have you? Um, that is less so with a, a set with all these new characters. Um, the, I'd I'd say it's it's kind of equivalent. Um, it just can be tough. Another tough thing is that, uh, and it's kind of on that same note, is that making sure everybody is on the same page to how a character should behave or what have you is more difficult when I just order anyone or what have you. Or like, hey, here's a bunch of guys that you probably never heard of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be fair, to IDW's credit, they took a lot of those no names and added some character as out of like one line bios. So I <laughs> have to give them a shout out on that too but yeah i i could see where that would be a challenge for some of these yeah. more obscure autobots and decepticons i'll say it can make it tough yeah. um because you know not only is it just hard to translate some uh, top card games sometimes sure um but it's also just like there's other competing factors it's like what does the game need right now and do i as yeah. a designer want to do and these different factors come together um so it can be tough to that little bit of a balancing act and the good thing is you know like one thing i decided on pretty early was that like no 
individual character card is supposed to represent that character wholly. Like it's just it's just a reflection of an aspect of them. Um some cool. aspects. And don't expect it all to be comprehensive because then I'll never get to make another one of that character and also <laughs> it'll hmm. take me a million years to finish. Right. <laughs> so I guess it works both ways, both on the balancing front as well as the the lore half of the game that you got to leave some breathing room. Yes. Yes. So, uh, Oh, Scott, before I jump again, anything else on that end? No, no, no. I was just, no, that, that was, that was what I was curious about. So this one was, wasn't on our list, but it kind of got me thinking as you were describing some of those pieces, Matt, was there a favorite card or do you have a favorite mechanic or any, any, amusing anecdote you have from designing Titan Masters Attack that you can share? Oh, Titan Masters Attack. I know it's um, very, a very broad one, so I we just went through <laughs> trying to cover everything in one sentence kind of thing, but... Well, that's fine. Um, well, you know, there's a there's a few different things. Um, I really like the uh, the last stand card, right? Like that, yeah, that one's super thematic. <laughs> It's thematic to the records. It's also like a card that the certain way of kind of like playing it to maximize how how it is, even though it's like a pretty simple layer two of text. Right. Um, pretty happy to be able to make that one because like, oh, we have this plus three attack, and then with leap into battle, and then we're like, oh, reckless charge. We have plus four now, <laughs> and we're like, all right, now how, how do we you- do the plus? <laughs> Cool. So that was fun. Um, a, a lot of fun doing figuring out some of the the art things. Like uh, there's kind of like a battle going on um, between is it I think it's Gears and uh, Skullcruncher. It's kind of depicted mm-hmm. on a couple different. Oh, things. on um, I can picture the artwork you're reflect talking about. Damage. Reflect damage. damage. Yes, I couldn't yep. think. Thank you. <laughs> I just. Created for like that the other day, so that's why. <laughs> um, you know, nothing else is really leaping into my mind, but I'll I'll, I'll get some reminders. I'm I'm sure I should have asked that one at the beginning, so that way we had the the whole. Yeah, that would have been a good one for me to know ahead of time. <laughs> yeah, I apologize. <laughs> I I really should have put that one in there. Um, so let's talk some of the other background sort of things. So it, Scott had alluded to the idea before that. Similar to Wave 2, this is kind of an isolated set from what Drew has described to everybody before. So both the Siege sets combine together to be a quote-unquote block. The assumption from the outside is that it's 6 and 7 are going to be in a similar fashion, whereas this is going to be not standalone. But how did... Like, why Titan Masters? Why Stratagems? here as opposed to weaving them into i mean titan masters obviously if the the next six and seven sets have their own dedicated theme maybe they just didn't fit is it that simple or did you want to try and make them fit there and use something else for this set is there anything or is it as as simple as it seems on the outside i would say it's pretty simple but maybe not quite what you're what you're touching on oh okay Um, reason would be that uh after three and four um Mm -hmm. Thought it was important to do a throwback, but you know, back to some mechanics mm-hmm. um, or the setting. 
because, I mean, people are about the same thing, and they're all about the current continuity. The thing is, sets three and four are based on Siege, which itself is kind of a reboot. Right. Um, former's continuity. It's a retread of a lot of old things. You need to find an old thing, like a throwback, that... Um, use all the same stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Just did two sets about a reboot. Right? Oh, the great thing about um, the Headmasters, which is what uh, uh, season four, right? Season mm-hmm. Right, season yeah, season four. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it's nostalgic. It's cool, and it's almost an entirely new cast. We know. We always get the feedback. You know, when a second comes they're like, oh, but why would you do another one of this character? Or what <laughs> I understand where those feelings come from. Um, so we just thought it was important to, uh, to just have a whole bunch of different characters. Makes sense. And it, it, going back to some of the things you said earlier, it also provides that uh, some of the, the no names to get their chance in the spotlight. It, it was actually very exciting when it was announced coming into spoiler season that we're not getting I, don't get me wrong i i would love to see a hundred more sound waves printed i love sound wave, but it's also cool to get these other characters that it's like man i never thought they would do fangry like where did that come from uh and it's awesome that they made it, it awesome yeah i i agree with that and that this was also a really good um just kind of like the number on the way that i delineated it this is also a really good opportunity to do some of those uh, season one guys that we hadn't touched on yet. Right. Absolutely. He's this fine. We couldn't just make every character a headmaster or a titanmaster, right? Um, so guys like uh, Comer and stuff was really nice for doing this set, I felt like. Um, just making sure that there was just a lot of new characters and a lot of a lot of, from from what we had done before and for a lot of right. And it's definitely appreciated as both the the card gamer because it introduced a lot of awesome mechanics and there's a a, a huge amount and variety of potential within all these different characters and cards as well as the Transformers guy in me that just it's like all right cool I get I'm I'm looking at like. I mean, this isn't for the set, but I'm looking at the tote or on my desk or the fangry that's also on my desk that, again, I never anticipated these guys would be cards. So it's yeah. awesome to have them. Um, so, Scott, it, I'm going to kick it back to you, try and alternate a little bit. It, it, we're closing up on the time that we have Matt available for. So any last minute things you want to get in or anything we, we didn't touch on? I just had a quick question about... Um about stratagem so i i fully understand like i ever since they've been shown i've kind of said that they're like they're like when you patch a video game like you're you're giving abilities to like because i play a lot of gacha games so like you're giving abilities to characters that might not have seen play so you're like buffing them or or i assume in the future like nerfing them or something like that but like what's the theory behind having stratagems for the like the characters that just came out. So like, is it just literally that you have two different options as to how to play them? Or is there like, like, were you, is it, or it's not like you were holding something back and then here you go. Also, like I, it just surprised me that, that, that was a, a thing. 
<laughs> that makes a lot of sense. That's a great question. Um, I would say, let's see. We kind of came up with stratagems probably during set four. Um, and when we first came up with it, it was exactly that, which was like a patch, right? Mm -hmm. Like, here, here's a patch. Like, the way um, we thought, because well, one, it, uh, we, we were noticing that we weren't as happy with some of the star cards that we were putting out. Mm -hmm. And didn't want to necessarily super buff them so that it became variants about if you drew it or not. Um, but, so we were thinking about how we could have a little bit more consistency in, in how we might use some of these stars, right? And then that is kind of where it came to, I think just at some point somebody was just like, oh, it'd be great if, you know, this character could do this thing or this it, w it would work really well. Um, so that's where we came up with the, the idea and then we just kind of couched it. Um, then we brought it in for Titan Master's Attack because of essentially two key reasons. One is we kind of changed our thinking on it and we thought about the customizability mm -hmm. narrative that kind of provided um, a whole like Master's Attack set. That's the theme is like mix and match and customize and you know have it your way. It's a very King slogan. Makes sense. Yep. I would say that that's kind of like the theme of Type Masters deck. Everybody can, you know, play any of the heads, uh, and there's all that stuff. And we wanted to extend that to the non-Type Master characters. Mm. We chose to do the theme of adding different possibilities rather than the patch note theme throughout. Oh, that makes sense. Okay, gotcha. We can have like we know that that's like the that that's how they are initially. It was like we know that that's the easier, um, the lower branch, but mm -hmm. this instance to go more towards the customizability hmm. of theme. And the other thing was that in a uh, on a physical production thing, we needed a card to take the head slot for a character that didn't have that wasn't a, a body that wasn't Titan Master. Mm -hmm. um, just for like the the sheets, the way they're printed, mm -hmm. um, want to put heads in a pack that didn't have a body because then you would have a card that like you couldn't use because they can't use their own. Right. And while that's true for the stratagems, it's a little bit different because um, it's here we don't put as much focus on it. Right. And so just the nature of the stratagems rather than nature of the headmaster. Gotcha. Uh, so doing that, we were just like, well, we should definitely make of them. We want you to like open a pack and sometimes get the one that goes with the character you just opened. So that could only happen if we made some for the new characters. Hmm. I okay. gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about the customizable nature of the entire set. That definitely makes sense now that now you said. Yeah, a lot of the, these pieces are falling all, together. <laughs> they don't all they don't all hit, and mm -hmm. but that's because the way they're set up is like you, there's nothing ever keeping you from making another one or what happened. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So is that... <laughs> I was going to try and sneak this one in, but that kind of plays off it. The, the heads slash bodies, the stratagems, the 
the new, we'll call it new era combiners, the Sky Shadow style as opposed to the Enigma style. These three themes that are appearing in type Masters Attack, any chance we're going to see them in six and seven, whatever those happen to be? I can't say anything. Uh, I, that, but <laughs> I have to ask. I got to try, right? <laughs> what I can say is that uh, heads, due to that desire of making sure a pack has the head and blood in it, mm. there's production challenges. Mm. Yeah. Yep. In any given set, mm-hmm. other things there aren't don't have the same sort of challenges. Gotcha. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think that could, based on the discussion we were just having, yeah, that could kind of be inferred with some of the just real world logistical things that have to go on for producing the game. So, I uh, well that. I know I had like a thousand other questions on the list, uh, Scott. I'm sure you had a bunch more, and we'd love to hold you here all day and talk to you, Matt. But uh, it sounds like you have some other responsibilities for the game we love, so I don't want to keep you all day. Is there is there anything that you wanted to throw in at the end, or anything that you want to touch on again? What did I want? Oh, you know, I thought a little bit about the character thing. Okay, I really. Really like Beachcomber in that. <laughs> we don't get much in the way of uh, variance in the the way that it like yeah. just feels good. And I, <laughs> and I really liked the way he works, especially since most people won't even be playing. If you ever play him, you're not going to play him in a way that there's any variance anyway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Um, there was one little thing I was going to mention about about heads. Okay. Uh, you know what? I'm not gonna. I'm gonna... Ah, I guess the 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 trait of a of a good storyteller always keep them wanting more. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we covered some good stuff, though. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. absolutely. Everything uh, is kind of a mess with the pandemic. That's mm-hmm. just the things, but uh, you know, maybe we could find another time to chat. Oh, yeah, definitely. And we can. We'd love to have you back on, Matt. It, it's been a pleasure. It, it's been fun talking to you at events as well. Uh, my signed blaster is is sitting behind me because uh, I'm getting set All up right. for some other stuff. <laughs> uh, it it's always, and I say this to the the other team members as well. It's always cool how open you guys and how willing you are to speak with the community. And you know, thank you for being available and talking to us. Thank you. It's definitely. Uh to do for me as well great so thanks that'll do it for us folks as always thank you for listening thank you for watching and please tune in next time for more tech talk